wind blowing toward right field. If Alex could find something to pull, get it in the air, he would get some help. Familia's next pitch. Belted to deep center. Back goes Lagares. And gone, Alex Gordon. And comes the pitch. Broken bat, one hopper to third. And over to first in time. Runner going to try to score. Wild throw. Hosmer gambling that he could dash home on the throw to first base. And the Royals have tied the game. For the very best in baseball, this is the place you want to be. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Royals podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And on today's show, we're going to talk about if Dayton Moore and Mike Matheny are right for this Royals rebuild and how long do I think it'll take for this team to be competitive again. But first, I want to talk about our good friends over at Withings. Do you hate stepping on the scale? Maybe it's because you have not met the right one yet. A company called Withings produced the world's first smart scale, and they are still the best. In fact, Tom's guide rated Withings Body Plus the best overall smart scale in 2020. If you're looking to lose weight, willpower is key, but so is having the right tools. Withings smart scales are known for their durability and exceptional user-friendly design. Step on and data from every weigh-in syncs automatically to the free app on the iOS store or Android, via Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. Lots of smart scales don't have the Wi-Fi option, but that means that you need to have your phone on you. But Withing Body Plus gives your weight, full body composition, weight trends, and even a local weather report right on the scale. The scale can support up to eight users and know who is who. So here's the deal. You go, you can get 25% off a Withings Body Plus right now at withings.com for a very limited time. Go to withings.com. That's W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S. Dot com backslash MLB to get 25% off body plus composition scales. That's withings.com backslash MLB for 25% off. W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S dot com backslash MLB. So I want to talk today about Dayton Moore, Mike Matheny, and really just the, the future of the Kansas City Royals. As we all know, whenever this season starts, it will not be kind to the Royals. They're not going to win that many ball games this year. They're not going to be competitive in terms of making the playoffs or anything like that. So it's really all about the future. And this question was asked to me uh, by the Locked on Tigers host. Uh, you can go over to that feed. I'm sure that episode will be up uh, sometime this week. So you can go over there and see what he's saying about the Tigers and how they're looking for this season. I'll give you a little spoiler. They're looking about the same that we are. But he's he was asking if Dayton Moore is right for this rebuild and how much trust that I have in Dayton Moore, and he also talked about Mike Matheny. And, you know, Dayton Moore has been criticized by myself and and a lot of other Royals fans, but I think that this rebuild that he's trying to put together right now is built for long-term success. Whereas the rebuild with Eric Cosmer, Mike Moustakis, Lorenzo Cain, all of those position players, whenever they had the best farm system in baseball, the be- one of the best farm systems to ever materialize, you know, one of the best farm systems ever in baseball history, whenever they had all those guys in the minor leagues, that team was not built for long-term success because you needed pitching. And so, sure, you had a, a field of position players who were 
very talented, you know, and, and could hit the ball well, but they never had a good core of pitching. They had to patchwork it together, eventually trading for Wade Davis, trading for James Shields in that trade, and now they're kind of flipping the script almost. Sure, they drafted Bobby Witt Jr. last year, and he looks like he's going to be the best position player the throws have ever drafted. That includes you know, Eric Hosmer and Mike Moustakas, and then I'm not including George Brett or Frank White. I'm, I'm just saying you know, Dayton Moore has ever drafted. Uh, so you know, that includes his best position players ever drafted in Bobby Witt Jr. But this rebuild has been really heavily focused on pitching, and that's something that the Royals have to do because they cannot afford pitching on the open market. Good pitchers go for a ton of money. A ton of money is not something that the Royals have. So if you want good pitchers, you must draft them. And he's done that. He's drafted Brady Singer. He's drafted Jackson Coart. He's drafted Daniel Lynch. He's drafted all of these pitchers, these college pitchers, these experienced pitchers, to build a core. Because you can find position players on the open market. There's too many of them. So some of them have to fall to Kansas City. You know... Jorge Soler is a very good player. He's a he's a very good middle of the order kind of guy, especially in 2020, whenever you hit all home runs or strike out and strikeouts don't matter anymore. And the Royals still are not priced out of Jorge Soler yet. Now, if he has another huge year, maybe they get priced out. But for right now, that number that's projected to, for him to get that's that's not out of their own possibility. You look at Michael Franco. I think that he's going to have a huge year this year. I think he's going to turn around his career with a change of scenery. If he does that. You got him for $3 million because there's so there's such a saturated market for position players that small market teams can get good position players in free agency. They cannot get good pitchers, though. They cannot get that top-end pitchers. You have to draft those. And that's what Dayton Moore is doing. So to his credit, I think this rebuild is going to last longer. It's going to have a larger win opportunity than two years, than three years. So we can talk about how he didn't, trade off the guys at the deadline like he should have. He didn't trade off anyone like he should have. He kept the core intact, even though we already saw that that team had a bit of luck involved and also wasn't built for long-term success because they also didn't have the pitching, as we've been harping on this whole podcast so far. But, you know, you even look at guys like Josh Stomont, who's still considered a prospect, and, and he's had a phenomenal spring training he can throw over 100 miles per hour. He looks like he can be a very good closer in the big leagues one day. This farm system, it doesn't have the flashy names that people know of yet, but once Bobby Witt Jr. gets you know, heated up and gets called up to higher levels, once Khalil Lee, who's already made a name for himself at spring training this year, continues to do well in the minor leagues, Kyle Isbell is a guy who no one knew entering spring training, had a phenomenal spring training, and he is also one of your top prospects. You mix all those guys in with all those pitching talent that we already mentioned, and you have yourself a very good team, a very cheap team, a very formidable team in which you can supplement guys into. I've talked about it on this podcast before, but the White Sox model that they've pulled off this year of Jan Lankata and Michael Kopech and, and getting all those guys via trades and, and drafting you know their other young talents. And then you supplement them in with free agency signings. You supplement them in with an Edwin Encarnacion, uh, you know, with, with a Dallas Keuchel. And you get the best of both worlds. And you don't break the bank either. They, they didn't go out and, and sign somebody to a $100 million contract. But they still improved their team via free agency after trading for prospects and drafting prospects and hoarding prospects. 
and their window looks like it's going to be opening here pretty soon. I think that the Royals even set up, you know, better than the White Sox because of all of this pitching talent. I mean, Dayton Moore spent entire drafts on pitching. Their number two, three, five, and six prospects, you know, of their top prospects are pitchers. I mean, he spent a ton, 13, 14, also pitchers. He has spent a ton of draft capital on pitchers, and that's exactly what he needs to do because that's not something that you can get in Kansas City. You can get a Kendrys Morales, who was a huge part of that order, a huge part of that lineup. You can get him. But you can't go get a number one starter. And the Royals never had a number one starter in that entire run. Because it's just too hard to find it. Now, they've drafted... Two, at least two guys, maybe three if you include Jackson Coart, that I think can project to be number ones in rotations. That can be the ace of staffs, and that'll be three different guys. So after the break, we'll, we'll wrap up this topic and also talk about Mike Matheny. So to answer the question, and this is the Lockdown Rolls podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day, I'm Ryland Stiles answering the question of if Dayton Moore is the right guy for the Royals' rebuild. I think he is. Now, there's been a lot of questions around some of his moves, and and I've had questions about him as well, but something clicked with him, and he realized, again, that you need pitching, 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 pitching. Now, on the flip side of it, you're not going to be able to keep this pitching. So, you've got, if they all pan out to what we think that they will, Brady Singer, Daniel Lynch, Jackson Coart, etc., if they all pan out to being top-of-the-line rotational pieces, then they're going to get priced out of the Royals market. So you have to win in that six-year window. But it's a lot easier to win in a six-year window when you already have the pitching. Whereas if you do it the other way, where you call up Mike Moustakis, Eric Cosmer, Alcides Escobar, Lorenzo Cain, if you call all those guys up with no pitching, then sure, you can have a good lineup, but you have nothing to support them. So I think that this is a, a... Great direction the Royals are heading in. And they still have not totally given up on position players. Again, their number one overall prospect is Bobby Witt Jr. And he's their highest rated prospect in all in, in all prospect lists. And he's considered one of the best prospects in all of baseball, period. Including every team. Khalil Lee. I'm very high on Khalil Lee. Kyle Isbell has been phenomenal. Nick Prado is a guy that, that gets forgotten about. Matisse is a guy that gets forgotten about. I'm not sure if I said his name right, but, you know, the outfielder that played for the Blue Rocks. You know the guy. I'm not going to try to say it again because I'm probably going to say it wrong. But, nonetheless, they've, they've gotten a good core together that can win in about two or three years. I think that they can start competing for a wildcard spot. And then a year or two past that, they can start being in the wildcard spot. And then from there, anything can happen. You look at look at what happened the last time the Rose made the wildcard. So, they're about... You know, three to four years away from being absolute winners. They can peak in 2023. Things can start clicking in 2023, and they take off. But we'll see if that how that goes. You know what I mean? Uh, next year is a year that, that they could compete for a wildcard spot in the sense of they don't make it there, but they finish respectable. They finish, you know, three games out, four games out of that second wildcard spot. And then if the playoffs do expand... That timeline is that timeline is accelerated, and they're even quicker to that winning, you know, that winning plateau. And again, as you've seen in Kansas City, once you get into the big dance, anything can happen. Anything can happen. 
So I want to talk about Mike Matheny as well, because this question was brought up during that episode. And I don't think he's the guy long term. And I don't think anyone mistakes him as being the guy long term, which is why I would have preferred that the Royals go with a guy like Pedro Grafal, who I think can be a very good manager in, in the in the majors. I think he can be a winning manager in the majors, and I would like to see how he how he performs with a team, how he can mesh a team together, mesh a lineup together, managing a pitching staff. I want to see all of that from him prior to when it's go time, when it's time to win. I think he's fully capable of winning. I think he's fully capable of being a good manager, and I don't think that he'll be here when it's time to win again because I think that this offseason, Pedro Grafal is going to be one of the first in line to get a managerial job. So I'm interested to see how that goes as well, but Mike Matheny is going to is going to get out of here right before the Royals start winning. The next manager might have one losing season. After that, though, it'll take off for him. And that's just the nature of the business. Hopefully for Mike Matheny, it doesn't happen that way because it seems like he has learned a lot since St. Louis. I'll tell you this, he's winning a ton of press conferences. He's saying the right things. He's doing the right things in spring training. So I want to see how that carries over into the regular season. But I just cannot get behind Mike Matheny as the guy for this future of the Royals. And I don't really want him to be the guy because he is not a hire you make in 2020. We are not we are no longer hiring the handsome backup catcher. That is not something that needs to be even considered in 2020. You need to get a guy who is analytically sound and who can make smart decisions. The, the days of hiring backup catchers are, are gone and should be gone unless they're fully willing to embrace analytics. So I want to see how that goes with my thing. I want to see how he handles the analytics this time around and if he can acknowledge analytics the way that Ned Yost really couldn't. He tried to at the end. He couldn't really get behind it fully. So I want to see what McNathaney does, but I really want an analytical manager because you have to do that in Kansas City. You have to be the Rays. You have to draft well. You have to make tough business decisions in terms of trades. And then you have to maximize your team with analytics. You have to play matchups. You have to you know, evaluate wins above, repla- wins above replacement. You have to make those calls in Kansas City. You have to bullpen your way to a win. You have to throw six pitchers at a time sometimes. Because you can't just load up like the like the Dodgers or Yankees and, and roll the ball out and play. So you need someone like a Kevin Cash who is able to manage a club. Because he won't get that much support. And, and the Rays have turned themselves into a phenomenal team. And they've turned themselves into a team that's very stacked. If you, if you know baseball and you watch baseball, you acknowledge how good the Rays players are. Now, to the casual baseball fan, those names don't leap out the page at you. Jose Alvarado. Oh, God, I totally butchered that name. But, you know, th- those don't leap out at you. Jose Martinez doesn't leap out at you. A Joe Manchoy does not leap out at you. A Willie Adamas, a Brandon Lau, none of those names leap out at you, but they are very good ballplayers. Yandy Diaz, very good ballplayers. And then Kevin Cash manages that pitching staff very well. They've always had a good pitching staff in Tampa Bay because they draft pitchers. They draft David Price. 
They draft Blake Snell. They trade for Tyler Glass now. So, I'm interested to see how Mike Matheny handles this team, but I ultimately, I ultimately do not think it matters because I do not think he'll be here in two or three years when it's time to compete and time to win again in Kansas City. So let me know on Twitter what you guys think about Dayton Moore, Mike Matheny, and the future of the Royals. Again, that's at Ryland underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. We'll be back tomorrow, as always, every single day, Monday through Friday, on the Lockdown Royals podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Be good and be good to one another, and we'll see you tomorrow on the Lockdown Royals podcast.